Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a brand new episode of Flyers Daily, a Monday edition. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. It is a Monday to talk about, talk about the week that was, the week that will be, and more from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing? Uh, a little wet, but uh, but otherwise good. Good. Uh, well, it, it, it's been an interesting week since we last spoke, Bill. The team has gone 3-0 out of the break. And all of a sudden, a 2-1 win on the road against the Florida team, a 4-1 win over at home, and a 3-2 win over the Kraken with Cal Peterson in net. And, you know, you look at it and you go, the first two games, they really didn't play complete games, but they got away with it. Is this just hockey where uh, sometimes you can't win a game no matter what you do, and sometimes you just pile up wins in a row? Uh, for, uh, for sure, for sure. You know, the uh... – the win over Seattle was a pretty complete win. Um, you know, the the win against Florida and the win over Winnipeg, they were kind of bookend games, right? Because in, in Florida, the Flyers had a pretty, pretty poor first period, were, were really good the second and third periods. And the game against Winnipeg, uh, Flyers get out to a 4 nothing lead pretty quickly within 23 minutes and then really had it taken to them the rest of the night. And, um, you know, I mean – I don't know how many times we've all seen a team get out to a big lead and, uh, you know, struggle the rest of the night. We've, we've all seen, I don't know, you know, countless times, but this was pretty extreme because I mean, Winnipeg pretty much dominated the final 37 minutes of the game. And the, the Flyers were pretty lucky that, that Sam Merson was, was on top of his game that night. Um, you know, now, now that, that being said, you, know, you, you get out to a 4 nothing lead, you'll usually win even if you do have some lulls in there. And um, you know, they, they held a, a very good Florida team to one goal. So, um, you know, so the, while they were a little bit uneven, you know, they, they, you know, they talked about a find-a-way league, and they, they did against pretty good, pretty good hockey teams. So, um, you know, it's a, a great response to the five-game losing streak, winning, winning three in a row. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a dogfight in the match for the rest of the season. Um, as long as the Flyers can keep where they're at to stay in with the automatic playoff position, they don't have to look behind them. Right, take care of your own business. You don't have to worry about what's behind you. So, um, you know, from from that standpoint, and, and going into uh, next game against Arizona, which is a little bit of a you know, a little bit potentially of a dangerous game after you knock off Winnipeg and you knock off Florida. Um, as far as you know, put themselves back in a good position. Yeah, they really have. And, you know, the spiritual leader of this team, Bill, it's clear that it's Travis Konechny. In the Winnipeg game, in about, you know, four minutes and change span, he gets the Gordie Howe hat trick. I think he looked over and saw it was Pionk and was like, okay, quick assessment. He's, an, I, I can handle that. Yeah. Uh, but he gets the goal in that game. He picks up an assist as well. And, you know, even in the Seattle game, I thought – I thought everybody came out with their hair on fire, but in particular TK. And this is the prime of his career, Bill. And we see a player that is just so comfortable with his game, with where he is in his lot in life and everything. And boy, it's just translating on the ice, uh, game in and game out. No, certainly. You know, I mean, last year he basically had a career year. And uh, you know, this season he's, he's been better. Um, he's been really. Game in, game out. 
whatever whatever the Flyers might need at a given time. He's been the guy that stirs the drink, that, that makes things happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he's smack dab in the prime of his career, and uh, obviously, is a huge reason why the Flyers where they are where they are right. Bill, one thing we've been hearing about, I know Free just talked about it on 32 Thoughts, is that uh, extension for TK, uh, his contract's not up for another year after this, but he can sign an extension on July 1st. What does that next contract look like, considering the way he has played uh, in the last two years under John Tortorella and really grabbed his career and said, you know, I'm going to be one of the marquee players here and a flyer for life? Oh, certainly. I, I think the Flyers, if they could, would like to keep it under ten billion a year. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's kind of you know you can argue whether TK is a franchise player or not, but he is the Flyers franchise player right now. And um, you know, as such, they're he's giving up UFA years. Um, kind of, if he extends, kind of locking himself up for the conceivably possibly the remainder of his career and that's not cheap that doesn't that doesn't come cheaply and when you have the production and the fact that he's still in his prime you know that that's that's going to be an expensive proposition but if you can keep it if you can keep it under that 10 range if they can and um you know with, with the cap going up you know it, it does show a commitment to guys who step up for you that you'll make the commitment back to them too so it, it um you know, it, it sends a message to everyone, to everyone in the organization, that if you deliver for us, we'll, you know, we'll reward you. Um, and, and I do think that Connect Me, um, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna take too much money off the table, but I, I do think that he'll, you know, he's willing to play ball, and, and they'll, in exchange for the security of the certainly eight-year contract, you know, maybe they can. Maybe you can um, tinker a little bit with the with the cap hit, and that's really what it's all about. Because the hit, not the, the the dollars necessarily. I think people hear that number and they go, "Oh my God!" Because we've been living in this flat cap world, <laughs> you know. And yeah. It's it's sticker shock, if you will. Yeah. Um, it is twenty five days to the trade deadline, Bill, on March eighth. Um, so it's it it's starting to get into the area of okay, we need to talk about it now. And the obvious names are out there with Sean Walker or even Rasmus Ristolainen, who's not on an expiring deal. I think Nick Sealer's name is cooled off because they want to extend him and keep some of that grit and some of that size on that back end. Uh, But a name that's been bandied about with the Ryan Paling signing is Scott Lawton. And we saw a very emotional outburst after his power play goal against the Seattle Kraken. I know he, he hasn't had the offensive season or the season that he had hoped, uh, but teams are going to call because centers are valuable. He's got a little bit of term left after that, and he brings in tangibles as well. Is this a situation where you know Danny Briere's got to get a Godfather deal? I know a furry can't refuse <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I think it is. I think it has to be an offer they can't refuse. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, Lawton. You know, I'm glad I'm not, I'm not the one who has to make that decision. Because he's he's not really a guy you measure in stats per se. You know? um, he he's had some. It's been a, kind of a frustrating season at time for him. I mean, Lawton is generally most of his game is pretty consistent. This this year has been a little up and down for him, without a doubt. Um, so I, I do think of the Flyers. 
you know, someone meets their price, and I think, I think that might happen. I mean, it, it, you know, it happened. It happened previously. It was, a, you know, a few years younger at the time, but they were offered a first-round pick, and they ultimately decided to extend them at that time. That's the deal he's on now. Um, so, you know, the I, I do think with Paling signing for two more years, it gives the Flyers enough flexibility where if someone meets that price, you you really think about it. Um, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't. It, it's gotten to the point where if he is moved, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me, but the, you know, but let's not fool ourselves. It, it would create a void. It would create a void in the yeah. room. It would create a void in the ice. And, and he's the guy who, you know, he, in a lot of ways, he is the leader in that, the number one leader in that room. You know, everybody, everybody respects the guy. And one thing that I've always really liked about Scott is that if you were to, you know, say you say you hadn't watched a game in a number of years and you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to a practice facility and you're just watching a practice. You know, say, who's that guy who's trying to make the team? You know, yeah, he, he's really going all out because Scotty never takes anything for granted. He's always playing. Like he's trying to make a team and playing for his spot. I mean, that, that that's never that's never been an issue, and that that's part of that's also part of the identity that they're trying to form. It's an important part of it that, that you know you're always fighting to earn your keep, and, and Lawton embodies that in a lot of ways. Plus, what he brings to the penalty kill. Plus, what he brings to the ability to move up and down the lineup, and um, his ability to play center or wing. So it's not a, it's not an easy decision, but um, it's something I think the Flyers do have to seriously consider as, as they as we draw closer to the deadline. You know, the thing is with him too. Like he he's articulated, you know, in the really rough years too, that he wanted to be here and get this thing right. Like he is so invested in this franchise. I mean, I know it would hurt him very deeply if if he did end up getting moved that's not a reason obviously not to to do right by the team but um it's, it's going to take a lot of prying to get him away because i think he he does bring all of those things and he's a guy that um earns everything he gets and is always trying to prove it it's a great disposition for a player to have even as he ages up in the nhl uh, ryan paling though bill back-to-back games with shorthanded goals and I said he's kind of like Magic Johnson with the no-look pass, but it's the no-look shot. He yeah. looked off both goaltenders and fooled them both. First, it was in the Winnipeg game, and it was uh, Lorraine Brassois. He looked him off, and Brassois was not expecting a shot. He beat him longside. And then he did the same thing to a very good Joey Decord, who was yeah. playing well in that game. And he kind of tied him in a knot because I think Decord was thinking past because of the way he did it. I mean, Paling has really found a home here. Uh, for sure, and you can, you know, you you can go back and forth on whether his his idea role at five on five, his fourth line, or somewhere in the bottom six. I, I don't think anybody would argue he's a top six forward, but um, you know, but it's another guy who gives you some gives you some versatility in the lineup, um, and you can't argue with three shorthanded goals either. And they, you know, so I mean, uh, you know, the combination of size and speed that he brings. You know, listen, he, he's going to go through stretches where you're going to play a month's worth of game and have three points, no matter where you play him in the lineup. That's just yep. just kind of par for the course. But he brings you other things. He brings you a lot of little things, a lot of details that, that are, are very strong. And that combination of size and speed is not easy to find. There's not a ton of guys who, who bring the things that he brings. It's why he was the, it's why he was the first round pick in the first place. Skating, and, right? Uh, yeah. 
being a being a bigger guy who can also skate and and play the two way game and he's coachable and I mean all those things. He, he's a he's a really good solid NHL role player and he's been a nice addition this whole year. The, the thing with him is, I I know like Torch talks about his skating a lot and he doesn't look like he's fast because he's big, yeah. but when he gets the motor going, he he can really move. Um, Bill goaltending is something that we've talked about quite a bit and. Uh, I think a lot of people were shocked that Cal Peterson got that game. They're saying, yeah, he just came out of the break. Everybody's rested. Players, I mean, you got to have scheduled starts for your backup because you don't want to get the, to the point where, you know, the goaltender is tired and then you have to try and get him untired. You'd rather just not get him overworked at all. Uh, what did you think of Cal Peterson's performance? It wasn't a busy performance. I thought it was no. just kind of workmanlike. Um, and I think he made some saves that he needed to make, and I, I can't really fault him on either of the goals. Yeah, especially in the second period. Um, yeah. Second period was pretty even period, maybe even slightly in favor of Seattle. Flyers made a really nice push at the end of the period. Um, but that, that's a game where, you know, you're only, you're only up by one going into it. Um, you know, you face a couple of tough chances. All, all of a sudden, the game can turn on you there. And getting that to the third period still ahead, um, actually rallying at the end of the period, Um you know, and then, then the team gave him a really good closeout in the third period. It was kind of, a, a, thankfully, a rocking chair closeout once the Flyers uh, got back together. They, they completely smothered Seattle, but oh, he did what he had to down, do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he made the saves he had to make. Um, you know, I, I, I on first look, at, you know, when, the, when the first goal happened in real time, and then, and then that maybe a stoppable one, and then I watched replays on it, and whether, whether it deflected or not, that was actually a pretty tough save. Um, yeah, and then they, you know, nothing you could do on the one that deflected off Couturier's stick. So, um, so uh, you know, you need games like that from you know, you need two goalies in the league, and yeah, uh, Flyers only have one back to back this month. Um, they're able to get them out there against the Seattle team, and truthfully, almost had too much time off. Um, yeah. So the but you know the, the team did what they had to do in front of them, and, and he made the saves he had to make. And now you have, um, you know, now you can go back to Ursa, um looking to make it four in a row. So it, it, it couldn't have worked out better. Yeah, Erson likely to get the start coming up tonight against Arizona, and then it's uh, Toronto on Thursday on the road, and then the Stadium Series game. Um, you know, the thing is, I like that Cal didn't fall apart after the second goal no. too. Uh, the Flyers, though, Bill in the game, you mentioned it in the third period, they clamped down and gave Seattle nothing. They did the same thing against Winnipeg, almost six minutes and 40 seconds. Winnipeg didn't have a shot in about three minutes of that. Goaltender was pulled. The ability to close out games and defend like that, that's a great sign for a team if they do make the playoffs, that you can clamp down and play that kind of half-court hockey. Oh, absolutely critical. Absolutely critical. When you're when you're defending you know, lead whether it's whether it's one goal or, or multiple goals. You know, you don't you don't want to give the other team anything to rally off of. Uh, it doesn't all, it doesn't always take a goal. It, it can be a momentum shift where you're you're hemmed in, and uh, you know you end up icing the puck. They can change lines. You end up with tire guys out on the ice. Next thing you know, they win the draw. It's in your net, and uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, or, or you know, a million things can happen. To to be able to emphatically close out a game late that. That's uh, you know crucial. It's crucial in the game, especially as you get in the playoffs. 
Bill, that's something they did really well in 1920. They just would clamp down on teams in the third period and give them no options. The structure has been really good. And I, I want to talk about two guys in particular on the blue line and Cam York, who has been the minutes leader for the team quite often lately. Um, you know, I always say it, Bill, don't listen to what a coach says about a player. Look at how he uses them. Cam yeah. York played over 22 minutes in that Seattle game, leading the team, played over three minutes of power play time and over three minutes on the PK. Um, this is a 23-year-old defenseman, mind you. And the way he defended in the third period off the rush, I thought was beautiful. Him and Jamie Drysdale, both, because of that skating ability. They never get off balance, and they have active sticks. So the shiftiness of off the rush and gap control is something that's really strong. He is really playing some really good hockey. Maybe understated to some people, but he is really being a big part of these closeouts. I'll put it this way, Jason. If we did the Barry Ashby vote today, mm-hmm. I'd seriously think about sliding in, in York over Sandheim. Yeah. And, that, and for a long time, it looked like Travis was running away with it. And uh, now I'm really, really thinking about it. I mean, as we get into the stretch drive, if York keeps playing this way, I don't know, you know, I, I think that uh, you could make a real case that the Cam should win the Ashby. So, Bill, he, he you know, the thing with him is he, this is ahead of schedule. D take longer to develop uh, a lot of times. And it, we know about his offensive instincts. I think they can come quicker as an NHL player than the defensive parts. Jamie Drysdale, though, too, it looks like he is now settling in. He's uh, starting to play without thinking, knowing where this coaching staff, I think it's only going to get better. Um, but you see his his skating ability when he activates on a play, uh, he can get right back uh, and be a, a guy that can defend it off the rush, whether it's back pressure or even getting back in front of a guy. For sure. I, I, I think Jamie is just barely scratching the surface of what he can do. And he's had uh, any number of really good moments so far. And uh, I think as he settles in, as he gains more experience, you know, um, I think he's only going to keep on getting better. Still has still has a lot to, to learn on the defensive side of the puck. Um, sometimes one on one, you know, he can get beaten at times or get a little, you know. But I, I think it I think it's getting better. He, it looks like he's settling in nicely, and we've already seen up ice what he can do. So it's uh, you know it's a matter of patience and continued progress from him. But I, I'm encouraged so far. Yeah, I have been as well. How do they solve the, the 11 and 7 issue? Is it just going to be the trade deadline? Because, I mean, Rasmus Ristolainen missed a game because he was ill. It freaked everybody yeah. out. They thought they were holding him out. Is it just going to be that situation? Because Nick Delarie plays only five minutes and change again the other night. And yeah. the game's looking a little fast for Nick right now. Yeah, uh, I think it's been, a, it's been a struggle for Nick for a while. Um you know, I mean, part of I think one of the reasons why they've been going 11-7, one of several reasons, is and difficulty finding a 12 forward to, to, to play those nine, ten minutes a night where they can yeah. rely on them consistently. Um, Nick got off to a good start this year. That fourth line, really, back in October, was collectively playing really well. I I, I do think that that Delorier's had trouble keeping up with the pace. Um, yeah, and, and so. You know, it's opened some doors. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. Most people, I don't think, are of using 11 and seven. Unless sometimes you have, might have a defenseman who's iffy to play, and that way, if, you know, 
he's unable to go as you go along, then you at least have 60. But that, that, that doesn't happen too regularly. Um, so I, we'll see going forward. Um, you know, we, did, we didn't talk about uh, didn't talk about Sean Walker. And uh, I mean, Walker, yeah. Walker's the guy who's played some really good games this week, too. He, he's been yeah. one of the keys to why they've won several of these games. And, you know, it, it would be a loss. It would be a loss to the team's playoff hopes if they were to move him. But the same, by the same token, that's the guy who right now is carrying a lot of value. Yeah. You can get you can get your price on him. And, um, you know, and he's unrestricted after this year with, with young defensemen you're trying to work in regularly, you know, including including Drysdale. So, you know, I don't I don't know if Sean has a long term future here, but in the immediate term, he's been very valuable this season. Um, you know, valuable piece for a team that's trying to ramp up to compete for playoffs. And so that's not an easy decision either. But it, but if and when he does get moved, you know, then you have your six, and then Zamula probably sees a little bit more time. You know, Lixell has gotten a look, Bill, on that fourth line. It hasn't really stuck. What a, I mean, does it make doesn't make much sense to bring a Tuomala up and have him play fourth line? You know, how do you kind of? And Brink's not the guy to play on the fourth line. No. I mean, it does I, I, don't, I, don't, get a look? I don't think, I mean, I don't I don't think Tuomala is ultimately a guy one on the fourth line either. I don't no. see him as an NHL P. You know, he's a speed guy, a skill guy. Yeah. With some two-way upside. I mean, that's uh, probably been a yeah, third-line nice winger. Yeah, I I, th- I think that, that's his sweet spot right there. And, may, and maybe as he gets a little bit more experience anywhere in the middle six, maybe. Right? Yeah. One of those guys who can, can call, you know, one night it's the second line, one night it's the, one night it's the third line. Um, when the Flyers have been going well, they've that middle six has been kind of interchangeable anyway when, you know, it stretches of the season. Um, so I, I kind of think that that's to a mile's sweet spot. I don't see him as a top line guy, but I think I don't see him as a fourth line guy either. So I, I think I think when he, you know, when he does come up, the middle six is, is where you want him. Yeah, and uh, you know the thing is Garnet Hathaway too kind of fills that role of Nick Delarier, and the game doesn't look too slow for Garney. <laughs> I mean, he just absolutely flies everywhere. He is reckless abandoned. Yeah, um, sure. No, it's going to be an interesting week uh, with uh, the game tonight against Arizona. Thursday, we'll get our first look this season at the Toronto Maple Leafs. What'd you think of the uh, Ridley Gregg clapper into the empty net, um, and then just got pummeled by Morgan Riley? Well, you know, I, <laughs> I think Ridley got a little overzealous. By the same token. That, that, that's a stinky glove in the face. That's not a check a guy in the head thing, you know? Yeah. So it was yeah, a, a bit of an overreaction by Morgan Riley. I'm not expecting him to see, see him on the ice when um, the Flyers play Toronto. Yeah. The thing is, is though, I think it's good for Toronto long-term because yeah. what have we said? That team just doesn't have enough bite. He showed yeah. a little bit of bite. And I got to tell you, I was entertained by, you know, I'm a, a kind of old school guy too. You do a, a clapper three feet in front of an open net. If I'm the opposition, I am pissed. Yeah. But I, when I saw it, I immediately just started laughing because I was like, it's hilarious that he went down and just bombed it right into the open net. <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, a little, you know, he's a tough kid too. A, a little overexcited. It's one of those, you know, you look like you've been there before deals, but you know what? Hey, yeah, it, it was, um, you know, it, in some ways it got under Toronto's skin. Well, too bad for Toronto. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I think that's the other part. A lot of people are celebrating it because it's against Toronto and the, the anti-Toronto sed- sentiment yeah. because of all the coverage they get. Uh, Bill, great stuff. Um, we'll see you coming up tonight at the game, Flyers, Arizona. We'll uh, recap that coming up tomorrow, so join us then. Uh, read Bill's work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Daily.